Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Saturday, October 29th. Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, back with you and ready to break down the Saturday NHL card. Uh, it was not a pretty betting day for me yesterday. I'll say that right now. It's probably my worst day of the season. So the fact that we've got a huge Saturday card to try to bounce back with uh, definitely excites me. And I am excited to see what we can do here with this uh, big massive card uh, let's start with the first game which is going to drop the puck in about an hour 2 p.m eastern new york rangers dallas stars uh, we've got uh, even money here minus 110 both sides five and a half the total uh, in this game the dallas stars playing some very good hockey to open up the year now on this current homestand where they opened up with a victory uh, over the uh, washington capitals a shutout victory backed by, of course, the great play in net of Jake Ottinger, who's gotten off to a strong start this season, carrying over the way he played much of last year. We remember they almost beat Calgary because of his play in net. Uh, three straight unders, playing good defensive hockey, not giving up a whole lot are these Dallas Stars uh, in uh, recent games. We'll see if they can uh, keep it going here uh, in this game against uh, the New York Rangers. Rangers are definitely in a slump right now. <laughs> Four straight losses for them. Started with that overtime loss against San Jose, albeit a little bit of a flat spot. I will give them a, a bit of a break for that. The Columbus game, there was no Igor Shosturkin that day. We saw Yaroslav Halak uh, in net for the Rangers. They lose 5-1. They play the big showdown with Colorado, obviously defending champs. That's not going to be an easy game. Uh, and they played well enough to win. I thought they went toe-to-toe, -to -toe, looked really good, but they fell in a shootout 3-2. Uh, and then, of course, in a really tricky spot, back-to-back -back, uh, games against the Islanders. Excuse me, 3 nothing uh, in favor of the Islanders in that game. I'm going to buy low on the Rangers here, and I'm going to sell high on Dallas. I'm on the Rangers here at minus 110. I think the fact that they've had a couple days off, you know, a chance to recharge their batteries a little bit. Maybe they definitely were lacking a little bit of a momentum in that Islander game. It just didn't – they looked a little tired. Right, the back-to-back, -back, they played a lot of games early in the year. The passes weren't clicking. The offensive execution wasn't sharp. I mean, they had 41 shots, but a lot of it was a lot of ragged play. Uh, to me, I think this is a good chance for the Rangers to dig in, you know, have a couple days practice, uh, you know, get things back on track a little bit, uh, and I think come out here with a pretty good effort this afternoon on the road against Dallas uh, in this game. Shesterkin and Ottinger should be one hell of a goaltending matchup. Uh, going into it uh, i'm looking forward to seeing how it unfolds so you can understand why this is a total that's gone from six to five and a half and i believe all but the carolina islanders game last night stayed under the total so it was an under bonanza last night in the nhl it's been an under you know good under run across the league for the last few days so you can understand why this total has been bet down i lean that way as well but i'm going to go with the rangers here around even money alex what do you think in new york dallas yeah we got to be careful with this under trend i mean it, it's cashing obviously the, the tickets are what matter but you have to understand that the books really jumped the gun and just saying we're not even going to hang sixes anymore we're going straight to six and a half and so that's the reason why we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a lot of those four, two, three, two, where where five and a half would be kind of an equation, and and that changes everything because here's the thing, especially for us live betters, where you know if it's open six and a half, then you're waiting for five and a half. When we were when we were getting sixes and five and a halves last year, we were waiting for five and a halves, fives, four and a halves to pop up. So it changes the dynamic of everything we're betting by the number opening high right away. Uh, you know, I, yesterday. Grabbing a, a couple of uh, shots with live overs, live first period overs. It's a whole different dynamic now with that big number. So we have to take that into consideration. And, and like I said, the offenses are, are catching up to where the defenses are, have been uh, right off of the start. At this one with five and a half, because of the goaltending matchup, I just wouldn't even look at the total here. But uh, sidewise, I would probably lean toward Dallas because the trend that we're seeing with the Rangers is that they're having those issues offensively again. Uh, they can't consistently put four, five, six goals up at a time, then they kind of revert back into their shell and, you know, they let Shesterkin kind of run the show. Well, okay, that's fine. He can do that for a little bit, steal your game two to one, three to one here or there. But at some point it's going to catch up. And we know Dallas's offense is way better than it's been the last couple of years. Their profile of being a defensive first team has, has somewhat changed a bit. 
I like Dallas here in this spot, even though the Rangers time won't be an issue. They're used to playing these early starts a bit more than Dallas even. Uh, but I think this should be a, a good spot here where I think the Stars get the win. So I'm going to go with Stars minus $1.10. All right, there we go. Liking the uh, Stars. Guaranteed winner. I'm on the Rangers. Alex on the Stars here in this one. All right, Senators and Panthers next up. This is another afternoon game. Uh, we've got uh, Florida minus 200 road uh, home favorites, rather. Six and a half being the total uh, in this game. I haven't exactly liked the way the Panthers uh, have played, although that being said, the last two games, they outshot uh, Philly and Chicago despite losing those games 82 to 43. So nearly double in shots. So you got to think maybe the, the floodgates are going to open at some point for this Panthers team offensively. It's just not, nothing's really coming easily for them, but man, they have had chances. And if you look at, you know, expected goals numbers, uh, as of late for the uh, Panthers. I mean, they've had their opportunities and the puck's just not going in right now. And we've talked about it all year, playing a little bit more of a cycle, chip and chase, four check game this year offensively uh, under Paul Maurice. That being said, this is a team that probably when you look at the uh, numbers here uh, so far this year, probably should be a team that's uh, scoring more goals than they have so far. Uh, I'm just going to look to see what right now with their expected goals, uh, they're sitting right now currently, they're only 19th actually, in the league in the expected goals category. So that tells you that the shots are there, the quality maybe not necessarily there to the level you would like to see from the uh, Florida Panthers. So, you know, in this game, I'm certainly not in a rush to lay 200 with a team that's struggling at the moment, although I thought they deserved the win against Philly, clearly. Uh, but Carter Hart was just phenomenal uh, in that hockey game. But nevertheless, they're finding they're having a tough time winning games. They've lost three of their last four. The only win was a narrow victory against the uh, New York Islanders. You know, and in fact, you look at their schedule. I believe every uh, Florida win this year, with the exception of opening night, has been a one-goal victory. So nothing is coming easily right now for the uh, Panthers uh, heading into this game tonight. And they're off a road trip. That's always a bit of a dubious spot. Uh, we'll see who's in net, whether it's uh, Bobrovsky or Knight. Uh, Forsberg is projected to be in net for Ottawa. Uh, we don't have a confirmation of that. Of course, we know the injury to Josh Norris. He'll be out uh, extended period of time and they'll miss him in his 35 goals. And first game without him, you know, Ottawa loses to Dallas uh, by a score or sorry, Minnesota by a score of four to two uh, in their last game, 29 shots, you know, not quite the offense they had the rest of that homestand. So it will be a bit of an adjustment, you know, for the Ottawa Senators in this game and moving forward playing without uh, the services of Josh Norris. That means you're going to need more from Kachuk and Stutzla. Giroux's going to have to give you more. You're going to have to hope Shane Pinto. I'm coming back to the well with Shane Pinto here. You know, he finally got held off the scoreboard the last game, but you're still going to get optimal uh, opportunities to back him at the plus 375 type of price to score a goal. Same with Broussard. You know, now that he's playing the second-line center spot between Giroux, uh, Giroux and Debrinket, certainly an opportunity for him to chip in offensively. Uh, moving forward, as far as the side and the total goes in this one, this is definitely for me slightly lean over, but Florida's not exactly filling it up right now. Ottawa is a team I definitely am still looking at as an over team, even the under that cashed against Minnesota, which snapped their uh, over streak. Those games still got to six. You are going to need seven here in this game. Um, so for me, this is maybe a small over bet. Nothing significant just because Florida's, you know, getting the chances, but they're not putting the puck in as much as you'd like. So it'll be a small overplay, nothing more than that in this game. And the one thing about Ottawa is they do have to show it on the road. You know, they played two road games way back at the beginning of the year, and they didn't win either one uh, against Buffalo and Toronto. So a lot of their damage and a lot of their victory, all their victories have been at home. Let's see how they fare here on the road. Alex, what are you thinking here? Ottawa, Florida. Yeah, this is definitely be a game I would attack live uh, with totals, especially like I said, you see a six and a half and a seven. Wait for that to come down a bit. I do think we see goals. I don't think we see them uh, too early. Uh, so I probably wouldn't even look, have a, a first period look either, you know, first period under two. I, I haven't played one of those yet, but this may be the, the, a good time to do that. Spencer Knight, if he does get the start, his numbers against Florida, just one and one, but he has a, a four point goals against the average uh, kind of a, a couple of back and forth battles. Of course, you have to look at these numbers head to head a bit differently because how bad Ottawa was before Ottawa is certainly much more improved from what we've seen the last two, three seasons. And look at Florida. Florida is not the, that speed demon uh, offensive juggernaut that they've been the last couple of years. They've changed their style a bit. 
Uh, definitely, I don't think they should be around 200, but I'm not comfortable enough backing Ottawa plus 170, especially if it is night going in that for Florida. So this would be one I'll have circled for a, a live overplay. That's pretty much about it. But uh, this is definitely one of those things, like I said, as I mentioned before. And David Shelton made a, a really good comment in the chat talking about he thinks that more shots are getting blocked this season. I've noticed that, too. For this early in the season, you don't see that many guys giving up the body to block shots like you do in the second half of the season when it's playoff time, points are, are a premium, of course, the actual postseason itself. You've been seeing a lot of that, a lot of, of sacrifice of the body, a lot of, uh, of of active sticks, much more improved defense in the first month of the season. We haven't seen this in what probably I'd say seven or eight years, maybe. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. It, where, where we're seeing just defense playing this well, this sort of defense is, is in full midseason form right now for most teams. So that's something to keep in mind too, when looking at these totals, uh, you know, we're not seeing the same old rhythm and pattern of just high scoring offense. And then the defense settles in defense is becoming more of the forefront because teams realize everybody's got offensive talent nowadays. It, it, it's how well you play in the back end that helps you win games. Absolutely. And again, we've seen, uh, I'm going to see if I can find it here, the uh, overall uh, numbers here. I know I've got those available somewhere here. Let me just take a look. Uh, I'm always, uh, yeah, right now, so far for the year, not as much as a discrepancy as I thought. It's been lately we've seen more unders, but still overall for the year, 61 unders, 56 overs. Yeah. So that's 52% to the under in the NHL so far this yeah. year. And to see that this early is yeah. is is quite staggering. That's something you see around December, January, yeah. where, where things cr kind of crater out or even level out from, from the high numbers of October to November. Yeah, exactly. We're just not – we're used to seeing the floodgates opening in the first month of the year offensively yeah. and the defense is being a step behind. Hasn't been that way uh, anywhere close to as much so far the first month of this season. Tampa Bay, San Jose, we've got the Lightning minus 200 road favorites, six the total. This is the final of the afternoon games, the third and final matinee, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, start time here. The lean here for me is Tampa in regulation. It's the only way I would look, but I'm not in a rush to take Tampa, honestly. I, I don't want San Jose. Let me preface that. There's no way I'm on the Sharks. Sharks have not won two games in a row yet, and I'm – Still in the back of my mind thinking, was that San Jose playing well or just Toronto doing the Toronto type of things where they lose to a bad team? They already did it once to Arizona uh, earlier this year, and they did it again the other night against the San Jose Sharks. So I don't want to give the Sharks too much credit for that win. I will give Eric Carlson credit. That might have been one of the best games I've seen him play in a very long time. Uh, a terrific overtime goal. Beautiful move to beat Eric Schalgren in that victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. But San Jose has not been able to win two in a row. Bad teams, the worst teams in the NHL, and San Jose is among them, in my opinion. I don't trust them to win two games in a row. Uh, it probably will be Andre Vasilevsky in net. It is James Reimer confirmed uh, in net for the uh, San Jose Sharks here uh, in this game. Definitely Tampa, the better of these two teams, and they should get this victory. And they have owned the San Jose Sharks as well. They've won five straight head-to-head -head meetings. And the last two times they visited the Shark Tank, 2020 and then last Janu <laughs> January last season, Seven to one, and they've actually won ten to one combined score for Tampa Bay the last two times they visited the Shark Tank. So, domination by the Lightning. Don't know if I'll bet it. Certainly lean at least in the direction of Tampa Bay and regulation. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Lightning Sharks. This is a great example of take what the numbers give you. Lightning is a two to one favorite against Sharks. We know how bad the Sharks are, but Tampa's not playing their best of hockey either. They've been a bit struggling. However, they've won three of the last four. Look at the last three wins for Tampa Bay 4 2 win, 5 3 win, 3 2 overtime win. Let's look at the last losses for San Jose. They've given up four goals, two goals, five goals, five goals. And those five goals against the Hawks, the Islanders, four goals against Vegas. These aren't the top tier offensive teams. The Hawks looking better offensively, but but certainly not the Islanders. Five goals against the Islanders, even though we saw it against Carolina last night, that you know, that it's not something you're gonna count on all the time from 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 the Isles. That being said, you're getting a team total of three and a half of the lightning over at even money. I'm all over that. They have played the Sharks very well. We know how bad the Sharks are defensively overall. They try to slow things down as much as possible. But Tampa, they can kind of get what they want out of you. And what I mean by that is they don't, if they know they want to play a physical uh, bullying style, San Jose, then Tampa Bay is going to amp it up and, and use that skill, use that speed a bit more. We'll see more of a classic Tampa Bay approach in this game than we have, say, opening night against the, the, the Rangers. 
they know that they have a, a, a massive strength with their speed and skill. They're going to utilize that. So give me the lightning over three and a half and even money team total. So there you go, going with the to- team totals route, which is another way to uh, uh, go about it. If you like the uh, Lightning in this game, over three and a half, uh, get that around even money here, team total over for the Lightning. And by the way, Brandon Hagel, I like that prop again. Brandon Hagel, top line, he's moved up there. He scored the last game, I believe, against uh, Anaheim uh, late in that victory for the Lightning against the Ducks. So uh, I definitely think Brandon Hagel props are worth it. These are always the situations you love. Uh, Svechnikov for the San Jose side, he's moved up to the top line too. So maybe maybe a little flyer with him as well, even though we know San Jose sometimes struggles to uh, put the puck in the net consistently. All right, the rest of the games for this card are at night. Uh, it's on this uh, Saturday night, Carolina, Philadelphia. Uh, Carolina minus 175, road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. It's probably going to be a pass for me, Alex, because honestly, it's Carolina off a loss at home to the Islanders last night. Disappointing, but again, Schedule makers didn't do them any favors. They're doing this shit again with with Carolina that they did with, I'm trying to think what the other team was, St. Louis, where they're off a road trip. They come home for one game and they're back on the road again. Same thing here with Kakalaki. Holy crap. I mean, they were on the road for a while out West, come back home for one game against uh, the Islanders. And now you're back on the road and on a back-to-back talk about a brutal spot. That's why I'm, I'm I'm staying off Carolina. I think I want to take Carolina off a loss and lean in regulation with that. But at the same time, no, look, did Philly deserve to beat Florida? Fuck no. All right. Anybody that watched that game knows that was the Carter Hart show. He was terrific. 50 uh, shots fired at him by the Florida Panthers, and they hung on for a 4-3 win. But, man, this team's just got some stick-to-itiveness going right now and, and some tenacity, and they dig in deep, and they're blocking shots. They're doing all the things towards demands. Defensive attention to detail. Block shots. Sacrifice yourself. Play a team game. Hey, they're doing that right now, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. This ain't going to continue. Like I say, call me in February. We'll see what the st- standings say when it comes to the Philadelphia Flyers. But right now, this team is not a team I'm looking to bet against in these price ranges with the effort that they are expending on a nightly uh, basis. It, it actually makes you wonder, when they get Cam Atkinson and they get uh, Sean Couturier back and they get JVR back, you know, what, what are we going to get from Philly? You know, is it going to be a situation where there's when they get some pieces back, they're going to be able to sustain this or are they just playing way over their heads right now? Part of me thinks it's the latter that they're playing way over their heads right now. But you wait for them to stumble. You wait for, or, or you wait for a market correction on the Philadelphia Flyers. And A, they have not stumbled yet. And B, we have not seen a market correction yet on the Philadelphia Flyers. So that's why I'm passing on this game. I would lean under. As well, it does have that feel like it could be a little bit of a tighter game tonight. Uh, Carolina probably not thrilled with the defensive effort last night against the Islanders uh, in that game. Um, but it's going to be a game I'd stay off just the slightest of leans to Carolina in regulation here. Uh, even though Philly, again, the rest advantage and at home, they played at home Thursday, home tonight. So definitely a rest advantage in favor of the home team. Uh, Alex, Carolina, Philly. Yeah, I'm leaning with Carolina regulation too. And I'm going to tell you why. This exact setup happened last year black friday carolina was on a long west coast road trip and they had to play one more game on the road go cross country and play philly and it looked like a dynamite philly spot i think philly was like plus 115 120 i was all over them carolina goes out and wins six to three so this is definitely yeah so this is definitely one of those sometimes a glaring spot can match up schedule wise and just not pan out We've, we've had that happen before you can't always just look at it. It's got, and, I'm, and I'm a huge schedule and trend player, but you can't always just rely on that one aspect. So schedule-wise, is a huge edge towards Philly, especially with that big plus price. But Carolina has done well in these spots, despite the, the schedule makers screwing them over, essentially. Uh, and Carolina's just a better team. You know, Philly's been stringing it along pretty well, but we're kind of waiting for that ball to drop a little bit with this Philly team. Carolina's definitely had a good advantage against uh, the Flyers. They've won the last three meetings they've played them pretty tough and pretty well this is a, a divisional matchup so you would expect a, a kind of a, a tough tough game of course rod brindamore having history with philly as well there's there's a lot of different intangibles on that aspect to anticipate this being a good game to watch probably not the best game to bet so with other spots on the board it's going to be a pass for me all right toronto maple leaves uh, la kings i'm just trying to think was there props that i was looking at in that carolina i don't think i had many uh, in that game, not really. I mean, you're not Marty seeing Natchez or anything. Marty Natchez and, and Jarvis. I've been wash, rinse, repeat with them. Uh, Philly, I mean, I don't know how much Philly's going to score in this game. But by the way, goaltending 
uh, in this game. I don't think last I checked we had con confirmations yet. It's hard for Philly, but we don't know. It probably will be Ronta because Anderson was in net last night uh, for Carolina, but again, not confirmed as of now. Uh, Leafs and Kings. We've got the uh, Leafs minus 145 road favorites, six and a half the total. This feels like a spot. The, Le the, the Leafs do play the better teams. It usually feels like better, and then they'll lose the clunkers against teams they should beat. But at the same point in time, while I do expect the Leafs to play better, not really in this price range am I interested you know, at minus 145 on the road. And the Kings are off a disappointing loss as well to the uh, Winnipeg Jets in their last game, although they deserved a better fate. I thought they outplayed the Jets. It's just that, you know, Connor Hellebuck was a brick wall for Winnipeg, and it was not the best performance for, by far for um, Jonathan Quick uh, that night. So we'll see how this one uh, pans out. Ilya Samsonov's back in net for Toronto. Uh, in this game, which you would have expected after he didn't play against San Jose. Uh, and it's going to be, uh, you think back to quick, although it's not confirmed yet for the uh, LA Kings in this game. Uh, of course, for the uh, Leafs, um, it really boils down to being ready to play. And, you know, I feel like I'm going to be a day late dollar short because I thought they'd be ready to play against San Jose after a bad game against Vegas, that we would see Toronto be ready. And what happened? The first fucking shift of the game, they give up a goal to San Jose first 30 seconds and San Jose's up one nothing so so much for that thought you would think again they're drilling it into the heads of these players or Sheldon Keefe should be that have a better start you know get be ready to play when the puck drops in the first period so you know for, for first period Toronto conceptually makes sense but it also conceptually made sense the other night and they still had a rough start against San Jose and gave up the opening goal uh, in the uh, first period and LA is a better team than San Jose. So it's not, it's going to be even tougher now tonight for the uh, Leafs. So this is more of a prop game for me. Uh, Nick Robertson's of interest. He's had chances. He's cooled off since that great debut against Dallas, but he's someone I would look at. I mean, I'm never going to be one that bets Austin Matthews to score because it's always priced like it, but you know, after getting a goal to snap, get off the schneid against San Jose, he could go on a run. He usually scores his goals in bunches. And for LA, you know who I'm betting again, Gabe Velarde, folks, again, he scored the other night for the LA Kings against Winnipeg, even though they fell short in that game. It's been an incredible run. Arthur Kaliev is one of those players to watch out for, too, as he scores a lot of his goals at home. He kind of goes quiet on the road, but at home is when you see him. Four home games this year, he scored both of his goals on home ice. So Kaliev at a big number might be worth a look. And as I said with Gabe Velarde, this is now a guy that has scored uh, five goals in the last seven games for the uh, LA Kings. He's absolutely worth a goal score prop look in this game tonight. Alex, what do you think? Toronto, LA. Yeah, I don't have a good enough read on, on this one, to be honest. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to fade uh, Samsonov right now, honestly. And he's a guy that, you know, like I said, I, I thought his move to the Maple Leafs was a great one. I thought he was going to be the guy, you know, even though I'm sure, obviously, when they brought him in, Matt Murray, and they probably told him, you know, we, we need both of you guys to, to, to be ready to roll. But Murray, we knew he was going to be shaky, the injury concerns. I thought Samsonov was really the guy they brought in to, to be the number one, take the lanes, and we've seen that thus far. Uh, the Kings, you know, it's a team I, I like to watch. They are always solid as, as home dogs. But I do remember this spot last year, once again, Leafs, absolutely drilled the Kings in what was a, a kind of a big game for LA at that point too. Uh, this was kind of around that November Thanksgiving mark where, you know, we kind of talk about teams falling in and out of the playoff race. LA of course did become a playoff team eventually, but it just, you know, didn't look like the, it wasn't the best outing, especially for a lot of people who hadn't watched uh, LA laying an egg on national TV like that. So that being said, I could see this kind of going a couple of different ways. I don't want anything to do with the side total wise. If you like over, I'd say wait and grab something better live. If you like under, probably strike now with the six and a half uh, at a cheaper price. Yeah, absolutely. That's not bad advice there. Uh, Gabe Velarde, by the way, is now also on the top line. So obviously Todd McClellan sees how well the guy is playing. And by, by default, he has to give him a, uh, you know, a, a bump up the lineup. And they bumped the goal score prop a little bit on him. We've seen a lot of 300s, 300, 350 with him to score a goal. Uh, the best price out there right now for him is plus 280. Still a good price, a really good price still uh, for a guy that's going to be playing on the top line, but definitely uh, a situation where it's still, I think, a great bet at plus 280. Top line, the guy has scored five goals uh, in the last seven games. Uh, that is not Winnipeg, Arizona. That is yesterday. Uh, we will uh, change that. Uh, by the way, I, we should touch on that briefly, and we're not going to do a full recap of Friday, but 
all I heard was there's going to be this great crowd noise uh, in that building. I didn't hear it on television Absolutely in not. Mullet Arena. And they looked at ridiculous, everybody wearing those mullet things they gave out to put on their heads. Uh, just it looked like a, it didn't look like professional sports in that building. I, I just got to admit, that's what it looked like to me. It didn't look like a professional sports league, like a big time professional sports league. If anything, it was a great sell for Arizona State's team. I know I'd love to go to a game there to, to watch watch college hockey for sure. Uh, and I actually liked – I was kind of critical for thinking about the camera angles weren't going to be that great. Camera angles were actually really good. They're actually better oh, yeah. than yeah. some college uh, venues, to be honest. So they did a good job with that. But, no, like I tweeted it out three minutes into the game. It sounded like more. Like it was, it was dead quiet, way too quiet for what's supposed to be home opening night, a new building. Uh, you know, of course, Christian Fisher scores a couple of goals, gets the, gets the crowd going, but the it was not as noisy as it should have been. You take any thirty of any of the other thirty-one teams in the league, you put them in a building five thousand people, it's going to be deafening. It'll be to the point where the TV cameras will have to turn their mics down around the rink. Uh, so that's that's something that you know I thought maybe they would be able to try to use this to their home ice advantage. Not so much. So we'll see what happens. It's, it's the first game, of course, and it'll be interesting to see when other teams that have used to fill up Gila River Arena coming to town, how they take up those spots and and, and affect that noise and that crowd atmosphere uh, in Mall Arena. Like I said, I've given them a zero in my home, home ice rankings. I was expecting to possibly boost that. may not be the case now. Yeah, interesting to see. Uh, again, that was uh, – I agree, the camera angles were good. Uh, I just thought the presentation, the fan, you know, putting the mullets on the fans' heads and obviously the, the dressing rooms, which they're apparently going to say are going to be more NHL-ready by December. But <laughs> they, they better were embarrassing be. Last they look night. like – they. I mean, I, I, played, I played fucking floor hockey at 18 years old in a, in a place that had better facilities than that as far as a locker room. Like, it was – that was absurd to see. But like I said, they, they're going to go on the road for 14 games after this, and uh, that should give the crew more than enough time to do what should have been done three months ago. Yeah, exactly. I remember Dave Poulin was on TSN That's Hockey last night talking about how it reminded him of when he played for the Lightning briefly at the end of his career, and they were playing in the Tampa Fairgrounds, and there's friggin' Ferris wheels, and he's go basically they're trying to get their sticks ready and all this stuff, and it's on fairgrounds, and there's Ferris wheels, and there's you know amusement park rides and all this bullshit that they have to go through to get to the rink. So that's pretty bad too, what they had to deal with there in Tampa, but. Uh, yeah, you can put the Arizona experience last night uh, on par with that. Uh, Montreal, St. Louis. You've got St. Louis minus 240. Uh, home favorites in this one. Six the total uh, in this game. Uh, Blues, of course, uh, who are hopefully now uh, going to be able to stay at home for at least a little bit. Yes, they're going to have a three-game homestand starting tonight uh, against Montreal after uh, going on the road against Seattle, Edmonton, Winnipeg. They come home for one game, back on the road against Nashville on a back-to-back. -back, they lose 6-2. In fact, they've lost three in a row. So I like this as a circle the wagons type of spot for Mon uh, for St. Louis. Uh, Montreal, look, Montreal's been feisty. They're 4-4. Four and four. It's a hardworking young team. But the fact remains they're still only 1-2 and two on the road. A lot of their success has been at home. And the reason they beat Buffalo, I think, for the first road win was just, we talked about it on Thursday, right? Just a brutal spot for the Sabres. It was uh, forty-eight, less than 48 hours after returning home from Seattle. And here they are having to play their first game after that Western road trip, less than 48 hours later. They didn't have that extra gear. Montreal took advantage and they got the uh, victory. I think you get St. Louis, obviously not happy with the way they've played. They've been outscored 13-3 to uh, during these last uh, three games. Uh, great quote from Tory Crew. We have a veteran group in this locker room, and we've got to find a way to overcome this, and it falls on the leadership group to pull ourselves out of it. So we have to do a better job. Uh, of course, Thomas Grice was in net for that Nashville game, so take that with a grain of salt. We know he struggled last year, and it looks like his struggles are going to continue this season as well. You are going to see jo uh, Jordan Bennington back here for St. Louis. Jake Allen, the former St. Louis Blue, of course, is going to be in net here for uh, Montreal, so I'm sure he's going to want to have a pretty good game for them, but I really don't know if it's going to be enough here. I have a small bet on the Blues team total uh, in, in this game, over three and a half. Uh, that's what I'm going to target uh, in this game. Uh, I don't love the money line price, the puck line price, or the regulation line price enough uh, to get involved with that. So I'm going to gear more toward the uh, team total, over 3.5, minus 132 for St. Louis. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Canadians blue? I'm leaning toward the full game over here with this, and it's interesting. Jake Allen has only played against St. Louis once before. Gave up four goals on 33, uh, 37 shots in that one time. So it's kind of interesting. You know, 
if there's going to be kind of that revenge angle, I don't really think so. I think the the, the time has kind of passed a little bit on that. So that I'm not looking toward that necessarily. But like you said, I think St. Louis is going to bring a better effort. And I could see this kind of being a, a bit more of a back and forth game. Uh, so it's just a slightly getting a six, which like I said, now it's kind of a, a cheaper number. Everything's six and a half these days. So leaning towards six uh, going over, maybe even take a shot live. This is definitely one where if we can get down to five and a half and even a plus price, I would definitely look to fire on that. All right, so uh, definitely looking at uh, something maybe in-game here when it comes to uh, Montreal uh, and St. Louis. All right, next up, we've got the uh, Chicago Blackhawks and the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Hey, before the season, you think Chicago-Buffalo. Hey, not a game I'm all that excited about. But, you know, with the way Chicago's performed better than we thought, and Buffalo obviously a nice start to the year, minus 180 home favorites for Buffalo, 6.5. The thing is, though, with Buffalo, they showed against Montreal. Are we ready to lay this price with them? Probably not. But that was a brutal spot. I expect them to be a little bit more energized here, uh, you know, after getting that bad spot out of their out of the way, uh, that first home game after that long road trip and only a day off between the end of the road trip and that game against Montreal. They'll be sharper. They'll be better. I think they'll skate better here in this one, win a lot more puck battles. When you don't have your energy and you don't have your stamina, you're going to lose puck battles. That's just the way it is. I think they'll be a lot more uh, uh, – in tune and be able to uh, just do a better job, you know, winning foot races for loose pucks, something that you, again, they had trouble doing uh, against Montreal when you're a little bit fatigued. So I think they will be better here in this one, but I'm still not ready to lay a buck 80 uh, with Buffalo, especially when you consider just how hard Chicago plays night in and night out. Uh, it's been, you know, four and three start to the year. You got to give Luke Richardson a lot of credit because you look at this team, they lost opening night to Colorado on banner night for the Avs five, two, they had a tough loss against Vegas, one nothing. But it, uh, on the road to lose on the back to back to Vegas, one nothing is pretty uh, respectable. They won four in a row after that: San Jose, Detroit, Seattle, Florida, Edmonton. They got in a back and forth track meet and only lost six to five. Uh, it was a really good effort there. So uh, this is not a price I'm looking to lay with Buffalo. I do think they win. They'll probably bounce back and win, and I hope so because you worry about things kind of going the other way a bit for the Sabres. I understand why they lost to Seattle. End of a long, successful road trip. Totally get it. I get why they lost to Montreal. First home game less than 48 hours later after the end of that long road trip. Totally get it. Brutal spot. Now, if they lose this one now, the excuses run out a little bit for Buffalo. This should be a bounce back for them. I still think they're the better squad, but I'm not going to lay a buck 80. I am going to look at the over, though, here in this game, six and a half. Uh, Buffalo, I think, will find the back of the net. We've got Arvid Soderblom, by the way, confirmed in net for the uh, Blackhawks. And uh, with Peter Morozik obviously injured, they want to give Stalock a bit of a break, a little breath, a little breather here. And that, that's why Arvid Soderblom's in. Uh, and his numbers last year, uh, Ugly, and that's putting it mildly. How about three games, five goals against, 863 save percentage last year for Arvid Soderblom uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. So this should be a situation where we get uh, the Black, the B Buffalo Sabres offense, which did get held down the last couple of games to get back on track. And I think Chicago can find the back of the net here against Anderson because the one thing they've been doing lately uh, is scoring goals. So I like over six and a half here when it comes to Blackhawks, Sabres. Jack Quinn is up to the second line. So is Vinny Hinestroza, a former Blackhawk. And for that reason, I like both of those guys for props tonight to score a goal. Vinny Hinestroza, as well as Jack Quinn uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. I'd also look again one, because he keeps getting uh, chances every game. J.J. Paterka on that third line. Uh, he's worth a look, in my opinion, maybe to find the back of the net for the Blackhawks. Uh, you've got, obviously, Athenasiu and Domi's always worth a look the way he's finding the back of the net right now. And keep an eye on Taylor Radish, starting to percolate a little bit for Chicago. Might see him also dent the, dent the twine and find the back of the net tonight. A, a good game for goal scorer props tonight, this one, in my opinion. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Chicago-Buffalo? Yeah, I'm excited for this one. This is uh, probably the second Hawks game I've actually been excited for this year, uh, other than the Detroit game. And the Detroit game was really the pivotal turning point. And I mentioned this after the, the San Jose win. I said that long layoff off, kind of gave the Hawks the chance to hit the reset button on what was a terrible preseason. They were able to kind of get things rolling, and ever since then we've seen them be victorious or at least competitive, like I said, that 6-5 loss against Edmonton where 17, 18 penalties are being called. You, you get in that kind of, that kind of a track meet with Edmonton, you can't expect to win. Just the fact that they kept it within one goal uh, was impressive enough in my eyes. And like I said, tomorrow they have the Wild at home on deck. 
So you knew that Soderblom would get the star tonight because Staloc's going to go against his old hometown team. Speaking of hometown guys, you mentioned Vinny Hestroza, Buffalo guy playing against his old hometown team in Chicago and, and former team in Chicago. You got Patrick Kane coming back home to Buffalo. He's always been lights out against them, 25 points in 20 games. And you got Craig Anderson going in that former Hawk from way, way back when. Of course, we've been kind of looking for spots to fade him in certain ways. Arvid Soderblom, who I called Soderbaum for most of last year. Let's see if he can shed that nickname. I don't know if that's going to be the case. He just looks pretty bad. His numbers in Rockford weren't much good either. Uh, so with that being said, I'm on first period over two plus 115. Uh, I like over six and a half. That's just a lean. That's not going to be official. The first period over is official. But I also like Patrick Kane over one and a half points. I like Max Domini anytime goal scorer, and I'm with, I'm going to tell you on that Vinny Henestrosa to get a goal for Buffalo as well. I think this is going to be a back and forth game, and I, you know, I like to see a good competitive game, but I wouldn't be too mad if Buffalo wins this game because then we might get a better price tomorrow when the Hawks are back at home against Minnesota, also on a back to back with Staylock in that. I think that might be the better spot to look for the Hawks, even though plus one sixty is a good price. Solderblom being in net, uh, that's more of the reason why we're seeing that price. Yeah, absolutely. Not a lot of respect in the petting markets for uh, Arvid Soderblom. And if you look at his stats last year, it's probably for good reason. Uh, Minnesota and Detroit, uh, Minnesota minus 155 road favorites, uh, six and a half being the total uh, in this game. Wilds seem to be picking it up after a rough start. We know defensively a lot of issues early in the season for the Wild, but a little bit better play defensively from in front of their goaltender. Marc-Andre Fleury back-to-back victories against uh, Montreal and Ottawa, three goals allowed in those two games combined. So better performances from Minnesota as they try to get on a little bit of a roll here, facing a Detroit team that's now lost two in a row, 6-2 and 5-1. Uh, Detroit losing to New Jersey and Boston uh, in their last two games, now 1-4. and four, uh, The Red Wings in their last uh, five games, uh, they have certainly struggled. Uh, we look more like ourselves, Ryan Hartman said. We've got to continue that. That's how we need to play uh, in order to win games. Marc-Andre Fleury has been better and better as well. Uh, Dean Evison saying things are getting better. We're sticking to the team game now. We need to keep things going in that direction. So happy times again for the uh, Minnesota Wild as they try to uh, uh, get things rolling a little bit uh, moving forward and get on a bit of a run. I'm off this game. You know, Detroit is a team I'm looking to back in spots, but Minnesota seems to be picking up some steam, picking up some momentum here. Uh, going into this game, and to say they've owned Detroit would be an understatement. They have won five in a row head-to-head uh, against the uh, Detroit Red Wings dating back to February uh, of 2019. So it's probably going to be a pass for me sidewise and uh, totals-wise. Let's take a look at the uh, goaltending situation here. Uh, although I might, I might, I might make an, I might change my mind and go with the over here. I'm still not sold on Gustafson, right, uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. So. Huso, by the way, in net for Detroit. I think it's eventually going to be more and more on Billy Huso, but uh, because Nedeljkovic has had some rough starts. Although that being said, Huso did get lit up a bit by Boston in that last start. But Gustafson, zero and two, five point zero five goals against average, eight sixty save percentage going into this game here tonight. So and, and lost both games uh, to L.A. and Colorado early in the season. Now was that a product of him sucking? Was that a product of the defense in front of him being bad at the time, which it was? Because now Minnesota has played better defensive hockey the last few games. Will that, in turn, lead to better from Gustafson in net tonight against Detroit? That's the big question. How much of those horrible two games for him was him? How much of it was the defense, which was bad early in the season for Minnesota? It's better now. So that's the one question. But it's still a game where I'd maybe look over six and a half with. What do you think here, Alex? Wild Wings. Yeah, so one thing to take with Gustafson's numbers is that that L.A. game, he came in relief of Marc-Andre Fleury. Like I said, the defense was terrible. Fleury was yep. terrible in that game. He led in some soft goals, and he just never really found his footing in the last 40 minutes. He kind of kept them within striking distance, of course, because that ended up being a close game. But I would I would take his that game with a little bit of a grain of salt compared to his other start where he just was just bad. And he's going to lay some eggs here. He's still young. Uh, he started with the Detroit organization. I don't think that's going to mean too much, though. He kind of left there and then did most of his work in Ottawa moving up. So this is a, definitely a first period game. You could go over to at plus 120. I'm more than likely going to wait and dry, and grab something live. I think with Huso in that, we could see the pace slow a little bit to where we get some value and try to hit a, a one and a half. 
somewhere in the minus dollar 20 range or, or even plus money. So that's what I'm going to be attacking for here. But I do like the first period overlook and the full game overlook. Same thing. You could try and get a better number uh, waiting for that to drop down over a little bit. Minnesota has played Detroit very well. This is a better Detroit team, mind you. So I think we can see goals traded back and forth. Uh, and like I said, the, it's funny. I, I mentioned we were talking about Leah Hextall yesterday. And I was mentioning about the game where she was freaking out about the line brawl. It was. It was Minnesota-Detroit last March. Uh, yep. with the Wild up winning 6-5, to five and, and there was almost a line brawl. And the Velkovic skates down the other end of the ice uh, trying to challenge. I think that was Kakinen who was still with the team at the time. Uh, and so – you know, I don't think we're going to see any kind of bad blood or anything like that, but uh, but it's just kind of funny we brought that up in this matchup happened today. So while Wings, I like the first period over, try to grab a one and a half at a better price in game and a slight lean to the full game over. We should see some goals back and forth. Yeah, I mean, for Minnesota, I'd look at Rossi and Boldy again uh, for props, even though they fell short of that the other night for Minnesota. For Detroit, I, Valeno's on the second line still. Uh, that's that, The value's there at least. He, whether he scores or not is another matter. Uh, Dominic Kubalik's been on a run. Uh, you know, he's been scoring goals. I'd look at that. And if you want to really go in the bargain bin, Adam Ernie has had a bunch of chances, a bunch of shots, and he finally got one to go the other night against Boston. He's, he got the only goal for Detroit uh, against Boston. So Adam Ernie, keep an eye on that. I'm going to see what the price is on him. I'm sure it is a huge, huge number. Uh, Adam Ernie to score a goal. Yeah. Plus I'm seeing plus 600 in some spots. So there you go. There's that deep dive bargain bin, uh, grab for me when it comes to a goal score prop tonight a uh, Colorado avalanche New York Islanders next up abs minus 140 road favorites five and a half the total uh, in this game uh, you've got Colorado obviously lo- losing last night how about the Colorado avalanche getting shut out by the New Jersey Devils talk about something nobody really anticipated but give the Devils a lot of credit all of a sudden Vitek Vanacek that's two good games in a row for him so it basically that rant that I had last week. Now he's injured anyway, Blackwood. But that rant still proves that what I said was true. You know, you got to let Vitek Vanacek roll with the net if you're New Jersey right now. I know Blackwood. Actually, Blackwood I think would will be available. He returned to the ice yesterday. But Lindy Ruff's doing the right thing right now. Uh, Vitek Vanacek is outplaying Mackenzie Blackwood right now. He should be the goalie. So uh, give him credit. He played well against Colorado last night. Both teams played last night, so it's a back-to-back for both teams. There's no advantage here either way, and both had to travel. And when you think about it, the Islanders come from Carolina. Colorado comes from New Jersey, so it's actually easier travel for Colorado. They don't even have to get on a flight, probably. Stay in the same bed, same hotel, just take a bus down to Long Island for this game. I like Colorado here. I'll lay the buck 40. I actually got a better price than this. I got in when it was uh, around minus 135 or so. Uh, up to minus 140 right now. I still like the Avs in this spot. Uh, bounce back situation. Uh, they do miss, obviously, the likes of that big Val Nachushkin, uh, who's day-to-day. We'll see if he's able to return. He, they, right now, they only uh, ruled him out for last night's game. So there is a chance that he might be able to come back uh, in the lineup tonight. Martin Kaut is taking his spot. And even though last night nobody scored for Colorado, there's probably some value on Martin Kaut with his goal score prop now that he's on the uh, second line for the Avs. For me, it's back to Oliver Wallstrom, who rewarded me last night at plus 500 at Bet365, who scored a goal against Carolina. He's been moved up to the top line. He's actually still been one of the better goal scorers for the Islanders this year. Four goals now in the season for him. Still getting great numbers, great prices on Wallstrom as well. Like I said, Bet365 had him all the way up to plus 500 uh, to score a goal last night. Uh, and you can get him at most books for tonight to score anywhere from uh, plus. Uh, they've adjusted a little bit, plus 300. I don't know if they've adjusted enough. Let me see what 365 has because they were the book last night that had a much better price on Oliver Wallstrom to score a goal than a lot of the other books had. Let's see what they have. They have plus 450 on him. So look at that. I mean, you get maybe plus 300 everywhere. Bet 365 has plus 450 on Wallstrom to score. So I'll be on that prop again for sure even though I do like Colorado here uh, to get the win in a bounce-back situation. No goalie confirmations yet, but projections are Georgiev for Colorado after Francois got the start last night and Barlamov for the Islanders after Sorokin got the start last night. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Avs Islanders? Yeah, you know, last night I liked Avalanche team total over three and a half, and I was actually talking with a friend of mine about this that game, and I said – 
I wouldn't be mad if it was a 5-4 decision and maybe we get a good price on Colorado to bet uh, tonight because we knew it was going to be Yorgiev in net. Uh, his numbers against the Islanders are really good, 8-3 and three lifetime, which you expect. He played it with the Rangers for all those years uh, and, and get mostly getting those starts and oftentimes on back-to-backs as well. Uh, it seemed like the Rangers and Islanders kind of drew each other on the first or second of a back-to-back off, often because of their proximity. So that was a, one angle. But then looking now, to see the Avalanche not only lose, but get shut out one nothing. That's something you don't see too often. It was I think I saw a stat where it was like the 60th or 65th game of the year last year before Colorado got shut out for the first time. So that's something that doesn't happen that often. Yes, I get Val Nichushkin being out of the lineup. He's been great so far, but he's not the end-all, be-all. There's a ton of depth and scoring talent in this Avalanche team. And coming off of not only a loss, but a shutout loss, I expect him to come out red hot in this one. Uh, I got minus $1.30 early this morning. That's far from gone now. So I would even recommend, and, and honestly, I should have waited. If I waited an hour, I probably would have taken this one personally. I would have just had uh, Avalanche regulation plus $1.20. That's what I'm recommending here. If you couldn't get the $1.30, 140 is just high enough past my threshold in the spot. Even though we're talking about a great ass team, an Islanders team that I think has kind of found a couple of uh, their blind squirrels, finding a couple of nuts in these couple of wins they've had. I think Colorado comes out hot here tonight. So I'd take them plus 120 regulation for the show. All right, like in Colorado, in regulation at the current price, even for more value at plus 120 rather than uh, the full game money line. All right, Washington, Nashville. Uh, we've got the Predators minus 130, home favorites, six the total. I like Nashville here, I do. Uh, just a momentum play that Nashville gets that much-needed win. They were just looking for something good to happen after a really rough stretch of play, and they finally got that win, that breakout performance, 6-2 to two against St. Louis. Now, granted, he caught the Blues on the back-to-back with a struggling netminder in Thomas Grice, but a win's a win. you got to start somewhere, and I think it gives them confidence, and it's not like they're playing a team that's a world-beater right now. We've talked about the flaws and the problems of the Washington Capitals ad nauseum. They look slow. They don't look like they have the offensive continuity and just playmaking and just you know that offense is not the 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 shoe in to light up the scoreboard night in and night out like they once were still without of course a bunch of key forwards uh, up front uh, throughout the early part of the season that's definitely been something they've had to try and overcome uh, the Capitals they got shut out by Dallas uh, two nothing uh, in their last game Soros and Kemper uh, by the way the confirmed uh, goaltenders tonight Uh, for this game. I think a little bit of a pep in the step of uh, Nashville. And look what it did to Vancouver, right? A struggling team that finally won against Seattle. Back-to-back last night after that win against Pittsburgh. No problem. Get another victory. One win after a rough patch could really turn a team's spirits around. And look what it did to Vancouver. And I think it might do the same to Nashville after finally getting that win against St. Louis. So I'm going to go with the Preds here. Uh, don't like that the number's gone up to minus 130 because this opened as low as minus 110, minus 115. But I understand why the money's moved the way it has. I'm going to give Nashville, I think, the first bet I've had on them all year here in this spot. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Capitals, Predators? You know, I'm actually going to go team total over 3.5 plus 120 with Nashville in this spot. Uh, I don't want to take them in regulation. I think this could easily be a game that goes to overtime. But you look at the history with Nashville and Washington. Nashville has played them very well. They've actually won five of the last seven. Washington split the two or, or swept the, the two games last year. But Nashville has been tailing down a bit. Washington has definitely fallen off from where they have been the last few years. And, and like I said, Nashville, to get five wins against some better capital teams, and now the, the spot you're mentioning at home, getting off of a win after a, a tough losing streak, Playing against the Capitals team that I still think is is one of the slowest uh, teams in the league. We know Nashville can come through with the speed, and they always play faster at home than they do on the road. That that's been a given for years now. I think this is a good spot for Nashville. One thirty is a tad bit steep. I wouldn't shy away from it, but I like team total over three and a half a bit more because if the Capitals do find a way to win this game, they're going to have to get the offense rolling. I think Nashville can at least keep pace if Washington does get off to a, a good start offensively. So I expect gold for Nashville, win or lose here, go over three and a half, uh, plus 120 for the team total. All right, another uh, team total look here for uh, Alex with the uh, Nashville uh, Predators uh, in this game over the uh, three and a half here. And you know it's always a great night for uh, hockey and for the NHL and for any of us that are hockey fans. And we have a battle of Alberta uh, on the horizon, and we have another installment in the great rivalry the Battle of Alberta tonight, Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames, Calgary here minus 150, 
uh, home favorites, the total six and a half uh, across the board uh, in this one. I ain't stepping in front of this Flames team. No way am I doing that right now. I This is my team that I think wins the West. This is a team that I think is playing outstanding hockey right now, both ends of the ice. They had one clunker, one dud uh, against Buffalo. And throw that out, and they've been excellent pretty much in every single game, both ends of the ice. Nazem kadri has been a beast already uh, for this team, uh, just in limited action, in limited uh, sample size. He's been phenomenal uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames this year. Uh, they're just a complete team. They've got a good one through six on the blue line. And wait till they get Shillington back. Blue line's going to be even better. Uh, when that happens, uh, there's just lots to like right now with the uh, Flames. Uh, you're seeing, you know, their bottom six is not exactly huge offensive producers, but they're all, you know what I love about the forward group for Calgary? They're all responsible away from the puck. They're all playing 200, a 200-foot 200 game. And that's why come playoff time, this is going to be a tough team to beat because they are committed to being sound and good away from the puck, which is a must when you play for a guy uh, like Daryl Sutter. Uh, but Calgary playing great, obviously, the 5-1 uh, and one start to the year. Oilers are starting to heat up, though. They've won three in a row uh, this week, beating Pittsburgh 6-3 at home. Uh, they beat St. Louis 3-1 to one, uh, on the mini two-game road trip and back-to-back -back against Chicago. Not exactly pretty from them uh, defensively, but they get the 6-5 uh, to five win uh, in that game over the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. I like the over here in this game, and normally Calgary's not a team I look at overs with, but... You make an exception when it's the Battle of Alberta because it seems somehow, some way, these teams are going seven-plus goals when they play head-to-head. -head. Penalties become a factor, you know, because it gets chippy. It gets physical. There's bad blood. There's not a lot of uh, like. There's a lot of mutual dislike uh, between these two teams. And as a result, it leads to more power plays, more opportunities to score, and ultimately more goals. So rather than look at a side, I lean Calgary. But I also do want to point out Edmonton lost against Calgary and had a brutal start at home against Calgary earlier this month. They'll be looking for redemption, but I still am not going against Calgary. I think they're the better uh, squad right now, certainly at the defensive end of the ice. We'll see who's in net tonight. I'm fascinated here for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, who's going to be between the pipes, because Jack Campbell, even in the win against Chicago, more than a little leaky. And we saw Stuart Skinner get that start against St. Louis, and he was magnificent in that game. I can't say enough how good he was. We've got ourselves, in my opinion, a goalie controversy here in Edmonton. Skinner is making a name for himself. He's been, I think, a little bit better than Campbell here in the early part of the season. So fascinating to see if uh, Jay Woodcroft is going to uh, give uh, Stuart Skinner the uh, net here tonight for this massive battle of Alberta. And remember, he replaced Jack Campbell, who was pulled in the first meeting between the Ed is Skinner. It is confirmed. I'm seeing on left wing lock now. Rota Wire didn't have it updated. Left wing lock does. Stuart Skinner confirmed for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm not shocked. I am not shocked. This guy, you know, every time he's gotten the net, he's been solid. So we'll see if he's able to uh, be that way once again. That being said, I'm talking about him being solid, and I still like the over, as I said, uh, six and a half in this game, just because of the series history. Playoffs, regular season, Alex, it hasn't mattered. 4-3, There's been one game in the last seven head-to-heads that has stayed under seven goals. So I, I like over the total here. What do you think, Alex? Oilers, Flames. Yeah, 28-1, uh, last 29 meetings in Calgary to the over. Within these two teams, like I said, it doesn't matter what time of year, the the hatred there. These are two teams that they get it. These guys understand the rivalry uh, and they embrace it. And, and, and it shows, like I said, even though the characteristics for Calgary is to play low and slow, uh, they throw that out the window when they play Edmonton and, and vice versa. And, you know, for Jay Woodcroft, I think the best thing he could do right now is, is, is downplay exactly what you're saying. I agree. I think there is a bit of a goalie controversy too, but he needs to nip that in the bud right away because this is the first time where Edmonton's had two – Decent goalies worth a damn to keep them afloat. Even though Campbell's not playing that well, but Skinner's playing well. This is what you want in a regular season. You don't need the, the, the old school mantra of having one guy just carry you throughout the entire year. That's gone. You need two guys. So what he needs to do is embrace this and say, hey, we've got two goalies that can work right now where we got one guy who can step up when the other one isn't playing as well. And that's the way he's got to address that for his team and for yeah. that fan base. Because you yeah. start going controversy in the window, now you start talking about, oh, we spent too much money on Jack Campbell. You know, now we got to throw all this money at Stuart Skinner. That's how Miko Koskinen got that giant deal that he got that was a complete waste of money. So don't do that. If Wood Woodcroft and, and, then, and their GM and the, and the front office, they need to play this 
the way that they intended to when they signed Jack Campbell. We've got two goalies who are capable of keeping us afloat during the regular season in a, in a tough Pacific Division, a tough Western Conference, and now Skinner's the guy. At some point, Skinner may not be the guy, and then Campbell comes back. You have to keep that confidence level still brimming for, for Campbell. Don't let him get down in the dumps. And don't let Stuart Skinner get to get too high. He gets uh, Ego kind of gets full of himself. Next season, he starts giving up five or six goals left and right because I still think Campbell's the better goalie of the two, personally, as far as my rankings go. Uh, then all of a sudden now he's not feeling himself, and now you got to throw Campbell back in, and now you, you've, like you said, created this controversy. You've given the Edmonton media, which we know they're notorious for just, uh, you know, turning a, a, a you know, a brush fire into a, a small brush fire into a giant grease fire. Uh, don't give them that ammo. Just play this the right way. You've got two goalies working for you, doing well. Just ride the hot one while, you, while, while it lasts and then flip to the other side when you. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's uh, going to be interesting to see. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, I understand Jack, like Jack Campbell's still, a, you know, a guy that is growing and trying to get better. Right. Yeah. You know, we're acting like, uh, you know, and he had a nice season in the regular season. And even in the playoffs, you can't fault him for them losing to Tampa. He was good. But again, they're treating him always right away like an elite goalie. He's a good goalie. That's where he's at. And, and you know, the etymology of, of goaltenders, that's why I, I, I love the position so much. I like to focus on it. And it's, and it's integral to betting hockey, but just just watching hockey in general. Jack Campbell's kind of rise to fame came when he stepped in for Jonathan Quick, who seemed to have at that point had been on the downcline of his career, was going through a ton of injuries in L.A., and then Campbell goes, kind of rides that and gets the, the deal with Toronto and then bounces to Edmonton. So, like I said, he's still got room to grow. His see, He's nowhere near his ceiling, in my opinion. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with Philip Gustafson. We were kind of really hard on him at one point, and, you know, he's still got to prove himself. But you got to understand, he's still 21 years old. Dude was thrown into the fire, literally, at, at, at you know, 18, 19, where most goalies, hell, Marc-Andre Fleury at 18 and 19 wasn't the – didn't look like a number one guy. Look at how Rick, Rick DiPietro panned out in his career. Throwing goalies in, into the fire young, that's not for every goaltender in the league. The only the, – the true elite can really do that at that young of an age and, and keep it and maintain it throughout their careers. So, yeah, there needs to be some – and Campbell going from one rabid – media fan base atmosphere to another that's not going to help him like i said so you have to downplay the the goalie controversy even if it really does look like that on paper but you have to downplay that for for the, the mental sake of both netminders yeah exactly uh that's why you have that's why it's important for all teams to have two goalies that they can count on these days especially when you don't when you, we're seeing more and more goalies that play 70 plus games they get burned out more yeah. than they ever have before and it's so 60, 65 games, 60 games is probably should be your cap. Even if you have, if you are running a number one, number two system, a classic, what I'll call the classic system and not a hybrid system, right? You yeah. don't want your guy playing more than 62 games. You just really don't for, for health reasons, for just, just burnout reasons. Because when you've seen that lately in the postseason, those goal, those workhorse goals, look at, look at Winnipeg. Uh, we talk about Connor Hellebuck all the time, how, or, or John Gibson, even you don't have to be a playoff team, John Gibson. It, it's clear. It's clear that there's burnout with him, and and it, and it leads to physical issues. It leads to the groin issues and and and, and the leg strains uh, and different things like that. It, it all works together. So that's something that's really crucial. And, and teams are realizing that more and more. You have to have two goalies. The one A one B system. That that's the new normal that you have to ride with. And Edmonton has that. Edmonton didn't have that for a long time. They were they were bouncing around to see who's the number one goalie between Koskinen and Smith. You have a, a good system going. It's not working out as well for Campbell right now, but Skinner's playing well. Probably the best he's played in his in his NHL career to date so far. Just ride with that. Exactly. You ride the hot hand, and I think that's what Jay's doing here, Jay Woodcroft. He sees that, hey, right now, there's no denying it. Skinner has been a little bit better than Campbell. He's given him this big game tonight against the uh, Calgary Flames in the Battle uh, of Alberta. All right, final game of this massive 12-game slate. Pittsburgh Penguins, Seattle Kraken, Pittsburgh minus 115 road favorites, six and a half the total. Uh, you've got the Penguins. What a brutal road trip this has become for them. Three losses to Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. They did the anti-Buffalo. Buffalo swept Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. Pittsburgh got swept. Uh, by Edmonton, Calgary, uh, and Vancouver. Uh, they're looking to bounce back here. This is the uh, end of the road trip. <coughs> Excuse me. They go home uh, to face the Boston Bruins on Tuesday after this. I know it's a back-to-back -back after playing in Vancouver last night, but the lines move too much to me on Seattle here. I think Pittsburgh steps up tonight 
And I'm not even thrilled with the way they're playing at the moment, but I'm on the Penguins here at a, at a cheap minus 115 uh, in this game. I think they show up here. Uh, Mike Sullivan finally kind of cracked the whip. He's been kind of cool, calm about the struggles on the road trip, but last night it was a little bit different. He said, it's not good enough. We're not putting together a 60-minute effort. It's hard to win in this league when you don't. We've got to be better and bring a much more prideful effort, he said. When he's busting out the word prideful, I I think this veteran Pittsburgh team gets the message. I think they bring it tonight. And I don't even mind that it's going to be Casey DeSmith likely in net because Tristan Jari hasn't had the best road trip either. And DeSmith's, you know, his numbers aren't phenomenal. But I think tonight it's about let's dig in as a team find a way to win here, regardless of who's in net. Let's be better defensively. Let's get our scuffling offense going a little bit, which has been shut down here the last two games. And Seattle will let you get your offense going against them. We've seen Seattle give up five spots to Chicago and Vancouver uh, in two of their last three games. And the win against Buffalo, to me, was more about Buffalo being dog-tired, just dead on the long at the end of a long road trip. And Seattle kind of took advantage of that. So, uh, like I said, at my, this opened as high as minus 160. If that's the price on Pittsburgh, hell no, am I betting Pittsburgh? No way at that price. But it's fallen now 45 cents on the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, And I get it. Zucker and Gensel are once again very much doubtful uh, to play. Although Gensel's been cleared for contact. He didn't play last night. I, it wouldn't be shocked if they throw him in tonight uh, here on the uh, back-to-back needing a victory. But either way, I think it's a value price and a spot where we get Pittsburgh's A game or something close to it against a team that, they're, that's, that they they can beat, in my opinion. Uh, Pittsburgh minus 115 here in this game. Lean to the over as well, because again, a long road trip, tired legs. You could see some sloppiness and some goals as a result. Uh, Alex, what are you thinking here? Pittsburgh, Seattle. Yeah, and any word on what Jason Zucker, they just said it was undisclosed why he missed. It's a possibility. He can come back to or is he still seem to be out? The latest on Zucker is will not play against Vancouver. Sat out, to, Suffered an injury on Monday uh, against okay. uh, the uh, okay. Edmonton Oilers. So he's missed the last two games day to day. Because yesterday, okay, because yesterday I just read they just said undisclosed uh, will not play. So I wasn't sure if that was injury related. But I'm with you. I think Pittsburgh has a good effort. I, I'm. I, I'm torn because I want to play this just money line minus dollar fifteen. There's other spots I like on the board, so it's a lean for now. I want to to get goalies confirmed for sure. If Jones is going again in that for Seattle, then I'm definitely hammering uh, Pittsburgh. This one fifteen, I'm grabbing as soon as I can because we might see that number come back up to one twenty, one thirty. I, I agree with you know we had Jay Rosehill on earlier in the week. If you guys haven't caught our Patreon exclusive interview with him, check that out, patreon.com slash ice guys. But on the regular show he was on, and he talked about he says teams, you know, you're only as good as how you end your road trip. You know, and so we talked about how, you know, with teams, if you're winning on the road trip, if you lose on the road, then that you have that kind of bitter taste in your mouth flying back home. Well, this is the opposite. Pittsburgh now has a chance to kind of maybe get rid of that salty taste and go, hey, let's win, wrap this up on a good note, and then come back home. Uh, you know, and, and, and play well moving from there. So I think we'd see a good effort for Pittsburgh, but get the marker out, big green circle on that Tuesday spot as they come back home against Boston. Yeah, that could be a tricky spot for the uh, Penguins. And you see why Alex is such a great colleague and co-host? That memory, sharp as attack. I can't remember what I ate in the morning. You know, at night, half the time, he's remembering something our guest Jay Rosehill said the other day about you're only as good as how you finish the road trip. See, that's something I totally forgot about what he said that that he even said that. So, you got a good memory, my friend. Don't lose it. Right, that's right. <laughs> good stuff. That was good, and that, that makes sense. I mean, when you've had a rough road trip, and he's played the game, you don't you don't want to go winless on this road trip if you're Pittsburgh. You don't. You will really want to get. Uh, on a getting the win column before you make that trip back home to uh, the Berg and, and play the uh, Boston Bruins uh, on uh, when uh, Tuesday, actually, that game, I should say, uh, is when it's going to be. So I would expect a pretty decent effort here uh, tonight from the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, again, in terms of fatigue, you know, the, the good news is these games, for the most part, have been spread. They've got two games, off, two days off before the Vancouver game. Uh, this is only going to be their second back to back of the season. You know, I think they can handle it in this spot here. Again, we hope Martin Jones is in net. It's not confirmed yet who's going to be the goalie uh, for either team in this game. We project it to be DeSmith versus Jones, but uh, we won't know, obviously, until uh, later uh, tonight. Uh, All right, next. uh, That's it. I was going to say next up. That is it. That's the end of the Saturday card. Great stuff. Great analysis. 
Uh, hope you all enjoyed it. 192 live viewers. Hit the like button. Of course, we will be back tomorrow uh, for the Sunday edition at noon Eastern time. And again, check out patreon.com slash ice guys. Tons of exclusive content, the daily card, uh, power ratings, goalie charts, uh, totals charts. Our Jay Rosehill video exclusive is there talking about fighting in the NHL today and our top present and past enforcers, all that and more. Patreon.com slash ice guys, all for $10 a month. Yeah, absolutely. And we will have more content coming up soon. We're going to have more articles coming. Uh, I know I'll be working on a video coming up this week. I know, Ian, you got some stuff. We, we've both got a couple of things we're going to be working on in the next two to three weeks. So we're going to have a lot more content on this. So that $10 a month, we're, we're trying to make it worth your, the bang for your buck for sure. And uh, so far, I think we've done a good job of that. So patreon.com slash is guys. Definitely check that out. All right. Good stuff. And uh, hopefully good stuff with best bets uh, today. Uh, yesterday was my roughest single day of the NHL season betting wise. There's no question about, I got skunked. I didn't win a single bet, honestly, yesterday from anything. I mean, everything fell short. The New Jersey, Colorado wasn't even close. Uh, I had uh, Columbus just didn't show up against Boston. That game stayed under. I had Arizona team total. They get two goals on big Civ Dave, and then they forget to shoot the fucking puck in the third period, two shots in the third period. And they could never get to three goals because they didn't have any shots. They didn't have any, they didn't have the puck in the third period, Arizona. So that was frustrating, but that's all right. We got a huge card, a lot of good spots today. See if we can find some winners. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, the game I should have gave out last night, and this best bet was actually the one I loved really the most uh, with Winnipeg, Arizona. First period over cashing quite handily late in that period. But we're going to go with another first period over tonight. It's the Blackhawks and the Sabres. First period over 2 plus 115. We've got two backups in that. Arvid Soderblom has just been awful as of late. And even with the the way that the Hawks have played, uh, getting that offense rolling, the defense has still been a bit skeptical at times. Stalock has had to stand on his head in those starts that he's gotten. So now you've got Soderblom. We might see goals going past him early and often. And on the flip side with, with Buffalo, you know, a bit of a dicey spot. You know, they play well on the road. But Craig Anderson, I think he's a guy who's, you know, kind of playing out the string in, in his, his final days. Uh, I think the Hawks with that offense, they can kind of get to him as well. So we'll go Chicago, Buffalo, first period over two plus one fifteen is my best bet for Saturday. All right. That's uh, Chicago and Buffalo over two uh, in the first period for Alex B. Smith with his uh, best bet. Uh, my best bet is, well, the, actually, it's a uh, the game that, you know, the line's coming down a bit. I, I, I love it. Keep coming down. It's going to give us a better number. But there's some Islander money coming in. I don't agree with it. Colorado minus 128, uh, best price out there right now. Uh, Avalanche minus 128 against the Islanders. They're still the better of these two teams, in my opinion. I know the Islanders, to me, that it was a nice win against a good Carolina team, but it was a bad spot for Carolina. The Colorado Avalanche, I trust this team off a very, and I mean very, rare shutout loss. I mean, when are you going to see the Avalanche shut up? I know Nachushkin, big Val is a big loss. They miss him. He's had a great start. But I think the whole team picks it up offensively here tonight against the Islanders and they get the job done. Colorado minus 128, my best bet for this Saturday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We will talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Thank <sighs> you.